Hey, welcome to Navi Tales. I'm Josh. I am Nick. Today we're talking about Metroids. Metroids. Yes, yes, the fever dream of um, aliens meets uh, a original franchise. Yeah. Because <laughs> this is basically just alien. Aliens, yeah, pretty much. It, it was very obvious. The original one, at least, was very obviously inspired by Alien, which is why Ridley looks the way he does, which is why the Chozu look the way they do, which is why everything looks the way it does. Yeah. And also why the protagonist is a woman. Spoilers if you haven't played the original. Not a man under there. Nope. Nope. Pretty lady. A pretty lady. But, um, the, uh, yeah, very obviously inspired by Alien. Um, I played... Super Metroid, and I played Metroid Prime Hunters, and that's it. <laughs> yeah, I think I just played... I played Super Metroid. I think that's it. I don't think I played anything else. Yeah, apparently this, is, this game's deep. <laughs> deep. It's got some shit going on in it. Um, also, uh, the game... Uh, the game lore is one of the few games I know of that it's generally considered canon having outside of sources. So the manga for this that was released in Japan is considered canon as well as the 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 the, the, the as well as the Nintendo Power Comics, which is pretty intense. And the thing. Yeah, some deep cuts. Yep, things that no one knew. If you haven't read Nintendo Power Samus comics, you're missing out on law. You're not a true fan. Fake fan. Fake fan. Fake fan. So Sam, a lot of what we're talking Be about. Be ashamed. Yeah, a lot of what we're talking about at the beginning is actually not in video games. It's in um the the kind of setup comics. Um also things I didn't know. Prime takes place really early in the storyline. No, oh, does it? Prime is like her first missions as like Samus. Gotcha. We'll we'll get to it, but like all three Metroid Prime games happened before the original game. And I was like, huh, I didn't know this. Yeah, I didn't know where they fell either in uh, in timeline space. Yeah, so, um, and like, I thought Other M was like the first chronologically, and Other M's like one of the last. I was like, I just don't know shit anymore. I don't know, after fucking with the Kingdom Hearts timeline and the Zelda timeline, nothing surprises me. Yeah. Those are some fucking timelines for you. <laughs> we gotta revisit Kingdom Hearts at some point, especially soon. Yeah, I was gonna say soon. Yeah. Samus began life as a young girl on the mining colony of K2L with her parents, Rodney Aaron and Virginia Aaron. When she was three years old, her hometown was visited by the Chozo, a bird-like race. They were in need of, here it goes, a floral tile, a, a floral tight. A floral tight, which was mined on K2L by the Federation colonists there. They came in peace, and Samus immediately found a kindred spirit and a Chozo elder named Old Bird, because aliens have as uncreative names as people. <laughs> you taught Samus that befriending and understanding others can be used to solve problems, demonstrating the, this philosophy by showing Samus how to befriend Pionchi, a rabbit-like creature who remained Samus's companion for many years. Rodney Aaron refused the Chozo, the afloral tight they sought, and the Chozo ship left K2L empty-handed. Unfortunately, a space pirate flagship was following the Chozo. 
hoping for a chance to steal any of fluorite the Chozo might discover. It landed on the innocent colony, and a raid ensued, led by none other than the dragon-like biform Ridley. Samus, remembering what Old Bird had taught her, attempted to befriend Ridley in spite of his terrifying appearance. He just stood up like his fucking taunt and smash. Kind of. Because, so, this is from the mangas, so, and I, I had to go through them for this. So, like, the scene with Ridley when she first approaches him, he's just kind of crouched and hunched over looking at something. And then he approaches, and then, like, this big head on this long neck turns, like, almost 360 degrees to look at her. It's fucking terrifying. Shout out to him as being, like, close to my new main in Smash Bros. Because, like, I really do like Ridley appearance-wise. But, like, I looked at that, and I was like, holy bananas. It's a scary motherfucker. It's a scary fucking thing. Ridley attempted to kill Samus, but Virginia got in the way of the strike, suffering a fatal blow. At the same time, Rodney infiltrated the space pirate's vessel and ignited the aflorite the space pirates had stolen, thus sacrificing himself and destroying all of the space pirates. Ridley was severely wounded, but he survived. The only survivor of the attack was Samus. Yeah, an ongoing thing throughout this entire franchise is Ridley was severely wounded. And then got away. Homeboy has a way of staying around in one way or another. It's weird. I think it's because, like, Ridley is so tied with Samus's origins and dies in the original Metroid. Yeah. He's, like, the third to final boss. So it's, like, one of those things where, like, really tied to the origins and, like, the big bad guy, but, like, they couldn't find a way to keep him around, so they keep resurrecting him somehow. Oh, man, it's some shit. I mean, it's not like Nintendo and doesn't like to keep their villains the same. No, and I'm down with that. Don't get me wrong, but at least come up with, like, a creative reason. Like, Ganondorf is inherently tied to the Triforce along with the other heroes, so they're constantly being resurrected. Yeah. Like, instead of, like, well, Ridley died again. Let's clone it this time. Like, it's... Because, like, at that point, you're not even fighting the same thing. It's not the same entity. You're fighting a clone. Right. And then it raises the question, well... Is a clone the same thing? Whatever. It's a bunch of bullshit. So, regardless... We're not scientists. Yeah, or the f- f- philosophers. We're not philosophers. We're not the philosopher stone. Get out of here. Yeah. But it's, um... Some shit. <laughs> um... Soon after the Chozo left, they received a distress signal from the colonists. Old Bird feared the worst and ordered the ship to return to K2L. Old Bird and Grey Voice, because Chozo suck... <laughs> Old Bird and Grey Voice discovered Samus and brought her to their home planet of Zebes. Mother Brain, a sentient organic robot created by the Chozo, predicted that Samus's frail body could not withstand harsh life in Zebes. The Chozo hoped to evade this problem by integrating Chozo DNA with hers and equipping her with the Power Suit, a biomechanical armor with the ability to assimilate many weapons and functions. Yeah, it's biomechanical. Yeah. It's like Iron Man. Yeah, but it's like Iron Man in Infinity War. Right. It was great. I love the I love Samus's suit. It's dope. Samus's suit is pretty iconic. Yeah. Like I just love it and like the color. It was like, well, well it's like where's a suit that color and shit like that. I like, guess well, pretty it's just dope. And it gets even more interesting because like the suit in Samus's entire biology changes in the Metroid Fusion games. 
Yeah, isn't it like it got a little hint of blue or something? Well, it's That's not just the game. color, right? So I had to dive into that because I was curious, not because I talked about it at all. So I can talk about it here. So it's like, since the suit is like literally a part of Samus, when it gets taken over in Fusion, it like infects Samus that way. So it changes the biology of her suit because they have to infuse Metroid DNA into it, which is why like you're weak to cold and Metroid fusion because you literally have a Metroid DNA in you, which is Metroids are weak to cold. So the suit and also the suit physically looks different because it's like more a part of Samus's biology. It's a really weird thing. So like, I think by the time I think, by the time of Metroid Fusion, she can't take the suit off anymore because it's so inherently tied to her. Damn. Like, biologically yeah, tied yeah, to yeah. her. I got you. Which is also why, like, it looks more organic and human. Mm-hmm. Like, if you look at, like, publicity pictures for um, the Fusion games, it looks more organic. It looks more a part of her physicality. Like, not organic like what Dark Samus looks like. Yeah, yeah. Where it's very obviously an organic being pretending to be that, but more like an infused biology. It's really weird looking. But like, I saw how weird that was and heard that, and I was like, so is she just her suit now? The suit I won. Into her teenage years, Old Bird and Grey Voice trained her in the ways of the power suit. They taught her how to use it and that she must use her power to protect others for the good of the galaxy. After a particularly difficult training session, in which Samus failed to destroy the target she had been. Uh, asked to destroy because she was not focusing properly. Gray Voice reminded her that if she wanted to survive and protect others, then she must utilize her abilities to the max. Second or third place will never do. Samus ran off to calm down and watched an Ionoferia absorb moisture and ionize it. Uh, these are some species of alien. Samus fed the Ionoferia and picked some flowers in the valley where they were feeding. When Ray Voice came to check on her, she showed him the flowers, which were extremely poisonous badger clover. Gray Voice and Mother Brain realized that the Ionoferia carried the badger clover to Zebes, and Gray Voice ordered the flowers and the, Ioni- and the Ionoferia to be burned. Samus objected to the needless shedding of blood, but Gray Voice insisted. The Ionoferia picked up weapons lying nearby and began to defend themselves. Samus took matters into her own hands and shot the weapons away from the Ionoferia. Samus managed to calm down the Ionoferia, and Mother Brain began damage control. Samus went to a different room to calm down, and Old Bird came to talk to her. He told her that she was ready to lead Zebes and head out on her own. Samus was skeptical, but Old Bird silenced her doubts. Samus resolved then and there to live up to her predecessor's legacy and become the true protector of the galaxy. At an unspecified point after Samus left the Chozo, she joined up with the Federation police. While she was in the police, she was assigned several recon missions, all of which were likely designed to keep tabs on space pirate activity in in her area. At one point, Samus was assigned to a reconnaissance mission of the planet Jigrad, she was monitoring space pirate activity in the area with her comrades, Kreitz and Mauk. <laughs> That's how weird people say milk. They ascertained that the space pirates had left a remnant of their forces on Jagrad and 
were forcing the natives on the planet to build a gaudy building for no apparent reason. Kreitz had suggested that they all report back to headquarters and regroup with the other recon teams when Samus noticed that the space pirates had brought in a group of children to work on their construction project. The children were forced to pass through a sensor at a certain height. If a child failed to trigger the sensor, they were dispatched. The adults working on the building implored the space pirates to stop killing children, but to no avail. Samus was surprised by such a cruel act, even coming from the space pirates. The space pirates began to taunt the little girl he was preparing to kill. As the space pirates opened fire, Samus rushed down in her power suit and grabbed the little girl, using her authority with the Federation police to place the space pirates under arrest. The space pirate leader pointed out that Samus was alone and ordered his men to attack, beginning a firefight. Samus sent the civilians to safety and continued fighting. Kreitz was worried about the consequences of disobeying orders, but he and Mauk joined the fight as well. After the firefight, there was one space pirate left alive. When the space pirate happened to crawl underneath the sensor the girl had failed to trigger, Samus decided to kill the space pirate just as he had tried to kill the little girl. The space pirate begged for mercy, but Samus remembered the murders on K2L and in her anger was going to shoot him anyway. Just then, Samus heard the cries of a little girl who was immediately comforted by the woman of the colony. Samus decided to not shed any more blood and placed the space pirate under arrest. Afterwards, Chief Hardy, the commander in charge of Samus and her friends, reprimanded the three for disobeying orders. The little girl came to thank Samus for saving her, but Samus told the girl that she was the one who had saved her. Samus walked off hand in hand with the little girl, who told Samus her name was Damara. I don't know what significance that has, because it doesn't. Um, but I will say that uh, that is where that ends, and now we talk about the games, which are Metroid Prime. <laughs> Um, sometime after the space pirates had established a power base on Zebes, um, the Galactic Federation hired Samus Aran to destroy Mother Brain, which had gone berserk, and the Metroids, life-siphoning parasites, the pirates were amassing. After defeating Ridley and Kraid, Samus gained access to Torian. There, she defeated the Metroids and Mother Brain, which activated a self-destruct sequence. She managed to escape from Torian, but was attacked by the pirates in orbit around Zebes, and her gunship was shot down. This left her without the protection of her power suit, with only her emergency pistol for defense, and with no choice but to infiltrate the pirates' mothership. After invading the many Zebesians aboard the ship, Samus finds an ancient test left by the Chozo. After defeating it, Samus gains a more powerful suit that enables her the use of all items she had acquired on the planet. She then works her way to the top of the mothership, where she battles the mechanical version of Ridley known as Mecha Ridley. After destroying the machine, the, ship self -destructs. the ship's self-destruct is activated. Samus is forced to steal a small pirate vessel and flee the ship before it is destroyed. After receiving a signal from an unidentified distress beacon, Samus tracks it back to a derelict vessel in orbit above Talon IV and moves to intercept it. Upon her arrival, she discovers the abandoned space pirate frigate Orpheon, where the space pirates performed various experiments on life forms using Phazon. Eventually, Samus comes upon the reactor core of the frigate where a parasite queen lurks. 
Samus defeats it, but it falls down the core, setting off a series of explosions that destroy the frigate and apparently follow Samus everywhere. As Samus escapes, she encounters Ridley, reborn as Meta Ridley, who escapes the frigate to the planet's surface. Samus pursues to the surface of Talon 4. Yes, we have gone from Mecha to Meta. There yeah. is a difference. Mecha is the very first skin for Redley in Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. Meta is the very last. One is a cyborg, one is all machine with a brain. We're on our third iteration. We now. are already on our third iteration of Redley. There's just more. There's always more. As she explores, she comes upon the Chozo Ruins. While there, she learns that this planet is slowly being corrupted by the impact of a large phazon-laden meteor, which has caused the destruction of the Chozo civilization on the planet. Samus also discovers that the space pirates are mining the toxin phazon and are attempting to use it for their own purposes. She happens upon the research labs within the Fendrana Drifts at the Glacier 1 outpost, where the space pirates managed to take some of the Metroids from Zebus and were experimenting on them. While in the outpost, she learns of Project Titan, and of course it's called that. It's always <laughs> fucking called that. Uh, while in the outpost, she learns of Project Titan and is later forced to defeat its result, Thardis. She also interrupts their mining at the Phazon Mines and eradicates the results of their Project Helix experiment, the Elite Pirates, Phazon Elite, and Omega Pirate. Basically just buffing each other. Also, everything in the Metroid franchise is like a meme, I feel. It's always like Project Titan. Or, like, let's call this planet something something number. Like, let's, let's fucking call it Phazon, because isn't that cool and edgy? Edgy, man. Oh, man, I am in the process of making the edgiest D&D character. It's, I'm working more on my Drow Blood Hunter, because oh nothing is more edge. Than a goddamn Drow Blood Hunter. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out how I, I balance it because Drow have a weakness in sunlight and Blood Hunters need flesh exposed. It's a weird balance. But like he's gonna push through the pain. Like <laughs> you feel? Yeah. Like I'm gonna have to take this glove off to cut my hand and get weaker because I'm a blood hunter. You feel? Like I'm going hard edge with this character. Jesus. I can't wait. Eventually, Samus learns the source of the corruption was inside the Impact Crater. Oh, shit. The crater has been sealed by 12 Chozo artifacts at the Artifact Temple by the Chozo before their corruption. Amongst their lore, she reads that the Chozo not only foresaw the coming of a worm, but of the Entrusted One. Because, once again, ancient civilization with a prophecy. Kind of a sci-fi trope. Yeah. Kind of a sci-fi meme. A prophecy that pointed to Samus herself. Samus gathers the 12 artifacts and opens the impact crater, confronting and defeating Meta Ridley in the process. Inside the crater, she encounters the source of Phazon on the planet, Metroid Prime. As the creature is defeated, it grabs hold of Samus's Phazon suit, but destabilizes Samus, uh, but destabilizes. Samus departs Talon 4 and leaves for another assignment. However, the Metroid Prime survived as Dark Samus. Dun, dun, dun. Speaking of Edge. Speaking <laughs> of Edge. The disappearance of GFS, Tyr prompts the Galactic Federation to send Samus to investigate. Upon her arrival at the planet Aether... There's, there's another one. There's always going to be a planet called Aether. Yep. 
Her ship is damaged by magnetic storms, and she is stranded on the surface while the ship repairs itself. She discovers that the entire crew of the Tyr has been killed by hordes of creatures called splinters, and that their bodies have become hosts for unknown parasitic biomass. There's another one. Parasites. Drink every time there's a bad sci-fi trope. You're not going to make it through the end of this. As she explores Aether, she happens upon the Great Temple and fights the Alpha Splinter there, acquiring the energy transfer module after defeating it. Afterwards, she meets Umas, the sentinel of Aether, and the leader of the Luminioth, who was protecting the final energy controller in the Great Temple. He explains that the impact of a cosmic object on the planet caused a division, and that as a result, Aether exits in a state of transdimensional flux. He beseeches her to help the Luminath stave off their enemy, created from that impact, the Ing, using the energy transfer module that bonded with her suit. She accepts and sets out to collect the planetary energy stolen by the Ing from Agon, Torvus, and Sanctuary regions to save the Luminath. During her mission, she encounters her Phazon-powered doppelganger, Dark Samus. Metroid Prime reborn using DNA from Samus and the structure of her Phazon suit. It engages her in combat multiple times. She also dismantles several space pirate operations on the planet. She finally makes her way to the top of the Dark Sky Temple, which is like the Sky Temple in Legend of Zelda, but dark, and kills the Emperor Ing, siphoning the last of the stolen planetary energy. This caused Dark Aether to collapse. As she escapes, she encounters Dark Samus again. She engages her in combat, presumably destroying her, and saves the planet. After the incident, the GFS and her comes to the planet and helps the Luminoth rebuild. The crew of the Anher finds Phazon left behind by the space pirates and brings it back with them because bringing Phazon places is super helpful in this franchise. Like, Phazon's a weird thing because Samus's suit is made of Phazon, but like, Phazon also fucks everything up. It's like nuclear energy. <laughs> I wonder if there's a parallel. Hmm. About six months after the event that occurred on planet Aether, Samus is again issued an assignment by the Galactic Federation. She is to travel to this GFS Olympus, the flagship of the Galactic Federation, for a scheduled meeting with Fleet Admiral Castor Dane and three other hunters, Rudas, Gore, and Gendrada. The four hunters are briefed concerning a digital Phazon virus that had spread to several supercomputers dubbed Aurora units. During the hunter's briefing, a space pirate raid on the Olympus is launched via several space pirate boarding pods. The space pirates then launch an attack on the planet being orbited by the Olympus Norion, which is one of the most important military planets in the entire Galactic Federation. The four space pirates and the Galactic Federation give chase. Um, I'd also like to throw this out here. In my time with this franchise, uh, I feel like Space Pirates doesn't do them justice. Space Pirates, when I hear Space Pirates, I think like Reavers from Firefly. I think like people just trying to fuck shit up. Like Space Pirates are like a legitimate threat. And like, like, a, like a Star Wars Stormtrooper level threat. Like Pirate I don't think fits them. They're not like 
freewheeling, I'm going to do whatever I want. It's like organized freewheeling, I'm going to do whatever I want. Yeah, okay. It's like the difference between chaos and lawful, they're neutral. Gotcha. So it's it's like a weird thing. I think Space Pirates just sounded cool. So Yeah, that's what I'm leaning with. But like when I say Space Pirate, most people don't think like organized. Yeah. And these Space Pirates are organized. They just are like fucking shit up and taking what they want. But like, are very good at organizing and doing that, and like, have a whole backing. Like Ridley's, like a space pirate leader, like a general. Which like, because you pirates don't have fucking generals. And like, it's just weird to me that you, you don't look at Ridley and go, "Yeah, that's a general." Yeah, you think a monster, but yeah. like, he's he's genius level leader, which is dope. I well, I love Ridley. Don't get me wrong, I fucking love Ridley. And like, um, what's the other one? Um crane or whatever the big yeah. green thing in the background yeah. of yeah. like some of the stages in smash bros yeah same level as ridley when you look at that thing you think oh mindless monster but like genius space pirate leader i was just like this is weird this is a weird thing <laughs> we'll let this happen but like i'm down with it because it's like subverting expectations and i love that and it's yeah. the only time they do that in this franchise because everything else is fucking cut and dry sci-fi right but like the fact that ridley is like this genius leader of the space pirates to the point where they keep going, we need him. Let's build him again. Like <laughs> bring him back. Yeah. Like I think is really neat. So it's not just them rebuilding their best weapon. They're rebuilding their best general. Right. So on the surface of Norian, the hunters and the Federation realize that the space pirates have disabled several power conduits that are needed for the digital interfaces to work properly. Aurora unit two, four, two suddenly indicates that a phase on like meteor, later revealed to be a leviathan, a sentient asteroid monster, is about to crash into the planet and will infect Norian in its entirety with Phazon, if it does not stop. Samus and the hunters are dispatched to restore energy to the downed power conduits, which in turn will power an energy cannon that can be used to destroy the meteor. While Samus is engaged in this task, she encounters Meta Ridley, once again resurrected by the space pirates. Four times now. Four times Meta Ridley has been brought back in some way, shape, or form. We only get more. She defeats him and restores power to all the generators. Once the hunters arrive at the energy cannon's controls, they encounter the revived Dark Samus. Dark Samus utilizes her natural ability to generate Phazon and creates a Phazon blast that renders the four hunters unconscious. Samus, however, is able to remain awake long enough to fire the energy cannon, destroying the meteor. One month later, Samus awakens and is informed by a trooper that the other three hunters woke up several weeks ago. The hunters were producing Phazon on their own as a result of Dark Samus' attack, but the Federation's medical team noticed no ill effect. So they outfitted the hunters with Phazon enhancement devices. (laughs) Wow, you've got a lot of radiation coming off of you. Nothing's wrong? No, I'm fine cool strap this generator on your back yeah (laughs) like it's just fucking hell the three hunters had been sent to brio alasia and the pirate homeworld to destroy leviathans that had impacted there like they have their own fucking homeworld yeah and then just think space pirates just floating around on ships just like and, and like their own entity but they're like organized it's like the difference between organized crime and pirates they're like organized crime but like with also sway, like space mafia, space mafia with more power. It's weird. I guess 
Space Pirate does work better than Space Mafia. I guess. Sounds better. Ridley doesn't have a cigar in his mouth. Not yet. Give him a suit and tie. You come to me on the <laughs> day of my daughter's wedding. <laughs> day of my fucking Metroid's wedding. <laughs> at, the day, at the day of my third resurrection. <laughs> Communications with them were shortly lost after um, they were sent to the different planets, and Samus has issued a, her own phase-on enhancement device suit, similar in nature and appearance to those being worn by several squads of Federation Marines, and is issued a new assignment. Find and destroy the Leviathans, and, if possible, discover what happened to the other hunters. During the mission, Samus discovers that the other hunters show signs of phase-on corruption due to using their PEDs. The generators are overheating! What should we do? <laughs> Each of the hunters attacks Samus when she encounters them, and Samus is forced to terminate them. While in the pirate homeworld, Samus learns that the hunters had been completely consumed by Phazon, and were under the dominion of Dark Samus. Dark Samus had even placed them in command of the space pirate forces on each planet. As she destroys each Leviathan, Samus's body gradually becomes controlled by her natural phazon, and it becomes increasingly difficult to maintain control while in her hypermode. After Samus completes her mission, Aurora Unit 242 announces the discovery of a single planet that is the source of all phazon unsurprisingly called phase with two ways with two ways fuck this shit and the dark samus and that dark samus has been controlling it using aurora unit 313 stolen from the gfs valhalla samus explores the now derelict valhalla and discovers a means of travel to phase the leviathans are capable of creating wormholes in order to reach their destinations and the space pirates possess a leviathan Rigged to fly like a ship. All I think of when I hear this is Oryx's ship. Yeah. Literally in the husk of a dead monster. I love Oryx. <laughs> Oryx. Daddy Oryx. Daddy Oryx. While the Federation fleet distracts space pirate forces, Samus boards the Leviathan vessel and flies to Phase. When Samus arrives at Phase and steps out of her gunship, the sheer amount of Phazon present in her body causes her Phazon corruption to rise to 100%. Her ship no longer recognizes her, so passage on the gunship is unavailable until she rids her body of the Phazon corruption. She is forced to vent her energy tanks and enter permanent hypermode, becoming progressively saturated with Phazon the longer she stays on phase. Stays on phase. <laughs> racks on racks on racks. Once Samus arrives at the sanctum of the Phazon Corps, she encounters Dark Samus once again and engages her in battle. Dark Samus is forced to merge with the stolen Aurora Unit 313 as a last resort. With her Phazon levels ever rising, Samus destroys the corrupted supercomputer. Dark Samus emerges from the downed Aurora Unit and makes one last gesture towards Samus before vanishing into a gas of Phazon, never to be seen again. Samus quickly flees the unstable planet. Her objective is complete, but at great cost. Many Federation troopers and ships were lost, the lives of each of the other hunters, and great mental distress to Samus herself. With Phase eliminated, the threat of Phase on corruption disappears. Samus flies off in search of a new mission, but she is followed by a mysterious ship. Sometime after neutralizing the threat, Phazon posed, Samus is ordered to eradicate the entire Metroid population 
on the planet of SR388. After battling through the numerous Metroids and other hostile creatures, she arrives in the Queen Metroid's lair and destroys the few remaining Metroids found in it. After a fierce battle with the Queen Metroid, Samus emerges victorious and completes her main objective. However, after heading towards her gunship to leave SR-388, a Metroid, the last of its kind, hatches from an egg. Instead of terminating the infant Metroid, Samus takes it into the Ceres Space Colony for the Galactic Federation to conduct research on the specimen. Shortly after departing from the Ceres Space Colony, Samus receives a distress signal indicating that the colony had come under attack by space pirates. When she returns to the station, she finds the scientists dead and the Metroid missing. After further exploration into the series, Samus encounters Ridley, who is holding the Metroid. Ridley's back! She is unable to defeat Ridley before he flees with the Metroid and activates the station's self-destruct. Samus follows the pirate to a rebuilt Zebes to finish them off and retrieve the hatchling. On Zebes, Samus encounters several enemies she has encountered in the past, such as Creed. New additions are also added to the pirate forces. After defeating Kraid, Fatoon, Dragon, and Ridley, Samus gains access to a rebuilt Torian, where she discovers a host of Metroids. Deeper within the lair, she confronts the Metroid hatchling, which has grown to a massive size. It appears to be in its adult stage. The Metroid feeds on Samus's energy tanks and leaves her with a single unit of energy before flying off. Once she recovers, Samus works her way to Mother Brain. Because that was rebuilt too. Uh, though she manages to destroy Mother's containment vessel, Mother rises up from the ground with a mechanical body. Among her many attacks, Mother fires an energy beam that is powerful enough to immobilize Samus. However, before Mother is able to kill Samus, the hatchling attacks, draining Mother Brain's energy. The hatchling then begins replenishing Samus's energy, even as it is assaulted by Mother Brain. After her energy is restored, the Metroid again tries to attack Mother Brain, but it is killed in the process. Samus discovers that as a result of the Hatchling's restoration of her health, all her beam weapons are replaced by the far more powerful Hyper Beam. She then uses her newfound power to destroy Mother Brain. Immediately after Mother Brain is defeated, another self-destruct sequence is activated. Again, common theme. Samus escapes and the entire planet is destroyed in the explosion. A few months after her return from Zebes, Samus, who is no longer under orders, receives a distress signal known as Baby's Cry, which is emanating from a space station known as the Bottle Ship, and takes it upon herself to respond and investigate the facility. Shortly after landing, she comes into contact with the Galactic Federation 7th Platoon, led by her former commanding officer, Adam Malkovich. Although she is initially left in the dark about the Federation's motives, she cooperates with the platoon to take down the Brug Mass. Adam allows Samus to aid the Federation if she will accept his one condition. She must obey orders from him. Her directives take her to, th to three sectors, each with a different simulated environment. She faces many similar enemies during her stay, along with a plethora of new and bizarre creatures, including Nightmare and the RB-176 Pharaoh Crusher, which I want tattooed on my lower back. I just want that name. Just that name. I want, right above my ass, it just say RB-176 Pharaoh Crusher. She eventually learns from Madeline Bergman that a rogue group of Federation agents 
has been against Federation protocol genetically modifying the life forms aboard the ship for use as bioweapons. The group in charge also dispatched an assassin to eliminate anyone who learns this, and the assassin is in the platoon. Much to her surprise, Samus also learns that Mother Brain's AI was used to create an android that could power control Metroids, long thought to have been extinguished, and the DNA from her power suit was even used to unwittingly clone Ridley. <laughs> so let me get this straight. They used the AI from the rampant crazy thing that Samus has killed twice yep. to control Metroids, which are supposed to be extinct, that Samus made extinct. And oh yeah, we accidentally brought Ridley back for a fifth time now? Something like that. I think we're on five. <laughs> Her desire to stop the rogue agent and resolve the crisis leads Samus to the Bioweapon Research Center, an offshoot of the Biosphere, where she meets the real Madeline Bergman and discovers that she and other scientists accidentally created a Queen Metroid. Oops. How do you accidentally? Look, I can, I can even... Look, you can accidentally discover things. That's cool. That happens frequently. Most crazy things in history were accidentally discovered. I can even see, like, accidentally creating a virus or something. You don't accidentally clone a giant purple space dragon. You just don't. You don't accidentally clone a giant queen fucking Metroid. Yeah. It's, like, very specific. <laughs> I'm calling bullshit. You know what you were doing. After a long and difficult battle, made worse with the knowledge that Adam sacrificed himself to destroy Sector Zero, Samus destroys the Queen, shuts down the rebellious android, and leaves the bottle ship, which has since been marked by the Federation for destruction. She returns before the Federation destroys the ship in order to retrieve Adam's helmet, but her task is hindered by the appearance of another enemy from her past, Fantoon. With the Spectre's defeat, a self-destruct sequence is activated, as usual, Samus races to and climbs into a gunship clad in her zero suit. As she places Adam's helmet in the seat beside her, Samus reflects on her experience on the bottle ship and narrowly escapes her demise. Sometime after her return from the bottle ship, Samus is tasked with guarding a group of biological space lab research station employees who are studying the life forms of SR388, now that the planet is devoid of Metroid. While exploring an underground cavern, Samus encounters and dispatches a Hornode um, with a missile before being infected by an unknown amorphous organism known as an X-Parasite. As Samus begins to return to the BSL research station, the X infects her central nervous system, causing her to lose consciousness and control of her ship, which crashes into a nearby asteroid belt after ejecting an escape pod with Samus in sight. Oh, Samus. BSL employees find the pod and transport it to Galactic Federation headquarters, during which time the X multiplies inside Samus's body, leaving her in critical condition. Infected organic portions of Samus's suit are surgically removed, dramatically altering her physical appearance, but ultimately the X were too deeply embedded in her nervous system to be removed, and she was given a minimal chance of survival. Shortly thereafter, a vaccine is developed from the DNA of the Metroid hatchling to rid Samus of the X inside her body, granting her the ability to absorb the X to regain health and weapon. She also inherits the Metroid's weaknesses to cold. Once she recovers, Samus, clad in the fusion suit, 
is given a new ship with a built-in computer through which she receives orders, which she names after her former commanding officer, Adam Malkovich, and is sent back to BSL Research Station to investigate after it is marred by a large explosion. Once Samus is on board the station, she is told to uplink to her ship's computer via a navigation room in order to receive her mission directives. She is sent to the quarantine bay, the station's holding area for the specimens brought from SR-388, and discovers that the specimens are infected with the X parasites. Samus is then ordered to find and exterminate the X on board the station so as to keep them out of its six simulated breeding environments or sectors. Samus travels through each sector, defeating enemies and acquiring upgrades on the way, including an X copy of herself known as the Sax. The SAX. <laughs> Uh, a bore, uh, because the SAX produces asexually like all X-Parasites, no fewer than 10 are on board the station by the time she defeats Yakuza. With this increase in danger, Samus's objective becomes escaping the station. There's a bunch of me around. I haven't dealt with this before. Her escape is hampered when she encounters a copy of a frozen corpse of Ridley, the second specimen taken from the bottle ship. Six! We got six Ridleys! <laughs> Its eyes glow when Samus approaches, and she is forced into battle with an X version of her nemesis. After she emerges victorious, Samus learns from her ship's computer that the Federation is approaching the station, having taken an interest in the X. The computer explains that the Federation had been withholding upgrades from her to prevent her from attacking the, the SAX, and when Samus and her computer argue over Samus's decision to detonate the ship, she learns that the computer is in fact her former commanding officer, Adam Malkovich, who died on the bottle ship. Adam informs Samus that it is possible to redirect the station's orbit so that the SR-8 is destroyed with the station's detonation, and her final mission is to change the orbit and escape the station alive. Before she reaches the control room, Samus is confronted by the SAX. She manages to reduce it to its base X form, though it flees before she can absorb it. She reaches the docking bay only to find her ship missing and an Omega Metroid waiting in its place. It attacks her, leaving her at the brink of death. Before it can kill her, however, the SAX appears, assuming its Samus form, and attacks the Omega Metroid with its ice beam. The Omega Metroid damages it and permanently reduces it to its base form. Samus absorbs the SAX, regains the ice beam, and brutally assaults the Omega Metroid with shots to its chest. It dies. Samus's ship returns, and she escapes the station just before it collides with SR-388, obliterating both. And those are the times and tales of Samus Aran. Samus Aran and the Six Ridleys. Samus Aran and the Six Ridleys. It's like a fairy tale <laughs> book. But let me tell you, it's a lot of fucking Ridleys. Yeah, dude. <laughs> it just makes me want Metroid Prime. There's, there's rumors flying around that they're going to remake Prime for the Switch. I wouldn't doubt it. I want them to. Makes sense. I want it. Because four is coming. Yeah. And uh they fucking remake everything for that console. Thank God. Uh so I think like first person because it was on what we before? Uh um, some of them were. The first one I think came out for GameCube. Yeah. And then I think two and three came out for Wii. But they're like first person shooting things, so yeah, like the gyro yeah. shit would be good for it and stuff like that. So I, I I wouldn't put it past them. I hope so. It'd be fun. Also, it'd be great if it had online. 
because Metroid Hunters, the reason I picked it up is because it did have online and it was a lot of fun. So you could like go into your morph ball form and like go through passages like that would lead you to like other parts of the map. Like it was really cool though. The map design for that was really neat. And yeah. I played it a lot with my brother because it was one of those DS games that you could have one copy of the game. Oh, and but play. you could play multiplayer. Yeah, yeah. So my brother and I played a lot. Um so yeah, that's what I got for for Metroid at, at the moment. It's one of those franchises that seems like it could grow forever. And should, because even though I've been poking fun at it, it's really neat. Yeah, it's pretty dope. And I feel like they haven't done much with it recently outside the 3DS game Yeah, that came out last year or whatever. Yeah, which was supposed to be good. Yeah, I mean, I think it was like a remake of, or yeah. like a redoing it, it's of It's a redoing two. of Super Metroid, but it's still no, neat. I think it's 2, not Super Metroid. I think it's of Samus Returns. Oh, it might be. But yeah, it's neat. Um, as we like to end every episode, Nick, what have you been playing? Uh, uh, so I finished uh, Classic Mode with everybody nice. in uh, Smash, which was fun. And I, the only thing I have to do, like challenge-wise, is 9.9. .9. I did all the other challenges. I have to do that, too. As well. Um, I think that's the only thing I did in that. Uh, I, I played, went over a friend's house for New Year's Eve, played a bunch of uh, Smash, so we did tournament mode because we figured it'd be... How was tournament mode for it? It was fine. Uh, it was, we, they decided to do it because it would be uh, better to do one-on-one -on -one fights yeah. than uh, constantly doing seven people fights yeah. with the chaotic I mean, fucking mess. It has its, it, it has its place. No, it does, but we always do that. So they're like, yeah. uh, let's do a tournament for, for now. So it's fine. Um, it's fine what it is. And we also played Smashdown, which I fucking love Smashdown. Is it good? Yeah. If you don't know what Smashdown is, is uh, you pick how many players want to play and you start with the full roster and every time somebody picks a character the next round that character is no longer available and you go until there's no characters left or somebody mercy rules um, yeah like, i think you can turn the mercy rule off but we usually play with it on um but it's it's pretty fun because like people just get mad because like do you pick your main or do you pick somebody else's main oh uh, yeah so people just, just be me people running just around get mad. as villager just yeah. to trigger you people just get mad uh, but it's it's a lot of fun and uh, chaotic because we we I think we played that with items a couple times just to make it more chaotic. Yeah, because it's just whatever. Um, I also started Diablo three on my Switch. Uh what class? You want to guess? A wizard. Yeah, it is. It's probably the most broken class in Diablo three. I went. Oh, this one has magic. I'm I'm down. Um, but yeah. So I played I played Diablo three for a little bit. I beat the Skeleton King at oh, the nice. beginning. You beat the first boss. Yeah, and that's basically when I stopped. Yeah, it was after the first boss. Uh, but yeah, that's fun. Yeah, it's a, it's a pretty fun game. I want you to beat the game once by yourself, which isn't that hard. I I beat it in a couple of days, but yeah. I've also played Diablo three so many fucking times. But beat it once by yourself, and then we should roll new characters and play online. Yeah, I'm down. Just roll, like, be fucking a necromancer, and I'll be a barbarian, and we'll just be ridiculous. Just be outrageous together. Yeah, I'm down. I'm down for some of that. Yeah, just, we, it's a lot of fun online. I have good memories of playing that game online. Um, I played Super Smash Bros, where I'm just playing it for fun at this point. I'm just like, okay, let me try to get better with characters. 
Um, I played Starlink, which is really good. What a good game. I'm like surprised at how good it is. Cause like I was looking forward to trying it, but like I didn't hear anything about it after it came out. Yeah, I didn't really hear much about it either. Like I think I watched like one video on it from a YouTuber that I follow, and he said it was like pretty good. But, but like that was still like just one thing. But like no one's talking about it, and it's like legitimately cool. Yeah. Like, I I don't see why it wouldn't be. Is my thing like so? And it's weird because I, I I obviously have it for Nintendo Switch, and um. That means that I get Star Fox as a character. And, like, they wrote him into the story. But they wrote him into the story, like, the whole Star Fox team, as, like, side characters? So, like, the main characters are all doing their thing, and then Fox is just like, yeah, we will too. Like, I'm just like, yeah, and we're here. Okay. That's cool. But it's really neat. It's, it's really, controls really, really well. They have the whole No Man's Sky, like, you can fly onto the planet and then whatever, just fly right off into space. That's dope. But like, I'm doing it as Fox McCloud. My favorite part of it, at, at least playing as Fox, because for me, like, I could get all the other characters and everything, but all I'm ever gonna do is play as fucking Fox. Yeah. Because I, I just like Star Fox so much. So I, every different pilot has a special. Fox's is he calls in another member of Star Fox. So, like, I'll be using it in space and beginning kind of overwhelmed, and I'll be like, okay, let's call in another member. And then all of a sudden, you hear the original Star Fox music start to play Ooh, as, damn. like, the, the bottom has the text, like, from the yeah, Star yeah. Fox the games box. of, like, Slippy Toad saying, I'm here to help, Fox! I was just like, oh my god, this is amazing. Yeah, it's adorable. It really... These are people who made this game... Here's my theory. I don't know dick about the people who made this game. They made this game because they liked Star Fox, and then Nintendo said, we can put Star Fox in it, so we're going to just do it as a love letter. Yeah. And, and they really did. It's really great. Um, whoever voices Fox McCloud in this is a gift. Uh, I'm just wanting to get to the point where I can do the Fox missions, because I, I, because I have Star Fox, I get bonus quests. Yeah. All right, the bonus cool. quests are to track down Wolf. Ooh. Like they, they, that's the reason they're in this system. We chased Wolf to this system. We got to find him. Like, shit like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, the bonus missions are to track down Wolf, which I'm like, okay, cool. I like that. That's dope. Um, but yeah, it's really neat. I like it. I like it a lot. Uh, and I think that's all I've been playing. Actually, I've been reading a lot of D&D shit, man. Um, I've, I picked up Sword Coast Adventure Guide on D&D Beyond. I've just been pouring over that. I also picked up the turtle package so I can make a turtle yes. wizard. <laughs> we can make a turtle. We can make a turtle wizard. Best base stats. I swear to God, turtle wizards are... They're so fucking good. I swear to God, 17 natural AC. It's and if I want to use a... If I want to use a full action to hide, 21 AC. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. I'm level one with 17 AC. Just natural. You can't put on any armor, so it can't ever go higher. Right. But as a wizard, it's never gonna go higher. Right. Like, it's... It was the perfect idea. It's great. So, yeah, I, I actually picked up uh, a subscription to D&D Beyond now. Uh, it was like 15 bucks for six months. I was like, oh, that's really reasonable yeah what the so, fuck so now i have uh unlimited characters so i may or may not have made like 24 characters and transferred characters that i 
have used before into it. So like Domus is in there now, my Triton in my current campaign. Like, and I infinitely like this so much more just using it, the character sheet on my king, iPad or phone or whatever. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I've used it a couple times. It's pretty dope. Just the fact that I can reset everything by pressing the long rest button makes me moist. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. Uh, and D and D corner. Cause we haven't really talked about it. We're in water deep. Yeah. Um, have we talked about water deep at all? Oh. You all met in a bar. You killed a troll. Um, then um, you guys got hired by Volo from Volo's Guide for Monsters to go find his friend. Uh, through some series of events, you find his friend um, in the Xanathar Guild hideout. You kidnap a goblin because I can't not talk about Charlie. Yeah, we cannot skip over this. So let's let's slow down for a moment because we sped real fast. Um, the players are a. Um, you're a shifter blood hunter. Uh, one of them is a kitsune sorcerer. One of them is a human child wayfire wayfarer. One is an ASMR um, ranger, and one is a fucking bigfoot bigfoot barbarian. So the bigfoot barbarian found a goblin that was hiding from him because the giant furry thing walked in the room, and he was like, "I wasn't firing arrows at you, I swear!" Uh, and he goes friend and kidnaps this goblin. So then they, um, he's basically carrying this goblin around with them. They go to the boss room. Our barbarian's immediate reaction is to throw the goblin at the boss. Yeah. And it worked. Yep. They, they got a surprise round because nothing is more surprising than being thrown with having a goblin thrown at you. So they then find the goblin again and the barbarian continues to carry him. They go back to Volo. They find out they got a house. So they use their downtime to uh well you went and bought potions because you're fucking smart yeah everyone else went and paid to have a custom suit tailored to the goblin because they now had a house and they immediately thought let's enslave this thing and make it our butler your new name's charlie and he's like but but i had a name before yeah. no no you're charlie now but then like you get to the house it's the the troll skull manor and tavern and you're like oh we're gonna fix this thing up and turn it into a bar so we can have regular income um, Charlie, you're in charge. You get 5%. He was like, I can think of worse deals. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's shit like that. Yeah. We just uh, have this goblin now that we've kidnapped, given a home and a job. Yeah. That's like better than what it had before, which was like in sewers. Right. So, um, I, I have plans for him now, by the way. Good. I, I officially have plans for this goblin. Um, because. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I left that session and my first reaction was my players are fucking psychopaths. Um but then last session you guys uh inspected the tavern and place, picked out your rooms, kind of planned that ahead. Uh then a, a fucking fireball went off outside. Um you inspected bodies, tr tracked a robot to a temple, uh met another robot where then they gave you a device that let you track another robot that brought you to a manor and in the manor um, a fight was going on and you beat the fight and she basically is blackmailing you guys into going after 500,000 gold for her. Either you help her or you go to jail. Yeah, pretty much. So. Yep. And that was that. Now we're gonna get this campaign is ridiculous. It's great. I fucking love it's this campaign. It's so fun though. I love urban campaigns. I really, really do. 
and and after Barovia being as dark and depressing as it was, I we needed something more lighthearted, and this oh, is yeah. exactly what we needed. Yeah, like for all of us, like I couldn't do more depressing campaign. Like I, because I'm all I'm playing in one too. You got to realize, like I, I'm playing in Curse of Strahd right now. Right. So I was playing in it and DMing it at the same time, and I was like, oh my god, this is exhausting. Yeah. No. By the end of it, I was just like. It's just like so much more. I mean, I mean, for me, not really because my character's neutral, so he doesn't give a shit about anything. But like, just like role playing is just so much different with like a wide color of characters in like the city where like, yeah, and Barovia, Barovia, Barovia. Um, I just remember like being at Strahd's castle at the end and like you being like, do you want to say anything to, to, to Strahd because you're in the same room? And you were like, no. I was like, no, anything I say to him, he's going to give this big overdramatic thing. And like the only way this is ending is we kill him. So let's just fucking kill him. Yeah. Like it was nothing interesting to say at that point. Yeah. This one is a lot more interesting. And, and I, I think as a DM, I work better in high fantasy. Like Curse of Strahd is great for beginners on both player and DM levels. Oh in yeah. My opinion. We needed, we needed to do Curse of Strahd. No. First. Yeah. I agree. But for, for us being a little bit more advanced, I obviously allowed homebrews and stuff for this one. Like this is so much more fun. I agree. I'm I'm having I'm I'm having more fun as a DM because D and D is supposed to be a little bit ridiculous, and I'm glad it is. Speaking of ridiculous things in D and D, I have an idea. We need to do drugs and go to a cemetery. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't know what I'm talking about, they did it in Critical Role. They took drugs where they were able to say see into the ethereal realm, and one of their first reactions was, "We need to go to a cemetery right now." Yeah, it was great. <laughs> it was a fucking great reaction. And it it was fucking flawless. But uh, yeah, that's D&D Corner. Check us out on social media. We are on both Instagram and Twitter at Navi underscore Tales. Again, at Navi underscore Tales. Send us pictures of your D&D party. I don't know. Kidnapped butlers. Kidnapped butlers. Send pictures of, her, of your kidnapped butlers. Um, we also have a Discord. It's on our pinned, it's our pinned tweet on Twitter. Uh, DM us on anything and we can give you the link. Uh, until then, we'll see you next time. Bye. Love you. Is it even... Put aside your dislike. Put aside your bias. Is it even worth leveling up a Riolu to Lucario in this game? I don't believe so. Maybe for PvP, but I really haven't looked into... Uh, what's PvP meta and what isn't? I'm about halfway there. But raid wise, don't think so. What about a Krogon? Huh? What about a Krogon? No. If anything, I think fuck, Lucario would be more because I think well, Krogon's fighting poison, and there's better poison things, and there's better. I mean, I have two pretty good shanks, but I didn't get them from raids. I hatched them. I have a hundred shanks, a hundred percent shanks that I got from a raid. Fucker. That I'm waiting to get the candies for to evolve. Why am I so? Because your gains all the way down. I mean, it doesn't need to be up that. But, um, which one is this? Let's make. But yeah, I don't know if I'm, like, close to getting enough candies for shrinks. But, like, like 
Meta is like, there's always like top things where like the people make out charts for like, oh, this will counter this legendary. But like, there's also like not a lot of people have fucking twenty Shadow Ball Mewtwo's. Yeah. Fucking counters everything, um, and stuff like that. So like sometimes people are like, hey, here's like a a counter list for those less fortunate, and like it kind of like goes down like some other stuff, but. I really haven't heard much talk about Lucario and Krogunk because there's like for fighting, I just think Machamp, Hariyama, Breloom, Blaziken. Um, I, don't know, I got a Riulu from a 10 egg the other day. It's got pretty good stats and I went, oh, that'd be cool to get a Lucario out of this. Yeah, but, I mean. um, I just had no idea where Lucario was on that list. Yeah, I don't know if he is at all. Because when they were doing that New Year shit, your boy hatched so many eggs. Yeah, same. And I didn't fucking get, like, half the shit I wanted. Um, I didn't get a shiny Why Not, and that's all I wanted. I got, I, wanted... A I got a shiny Why Not, and I got a Munchlax, but I did not get a Chingling, a Mantike, or a Riolu. I got a Riolu. Get a Mantike? No, I didn't get a Mantike. I saw a post today, because I go on the subreddit a lot. Um, the Silk Road subreddit, which is what oh, our Discord, yeah. which our Discord is, yeah, yeah, because yeah. um, it's way more active than the Pokemon Go one. Is it? Yeah. I should go on that one then. Yeah, if you want Pokemon Go Reddit, it's the Silk Road. Um, and like I saw a post that somebody hatched like 111 eggs over the Christmas event, holiday event, and didn't hatch. A man tiger chingling. I was like, what the fuck? Silf Road, like Silf Road Northeast. The Silf Road. The Silf Road. There it is. It looks like an S. Yeah. With Pokeballs. Best Reddit for subreddit for Pokemon Go. That's where I get all my fucking shit from. Oh, this is great. It's got like the question <laughs> reward shit. This is amazing. Yeah. I mean, the, yeah, like this is where our Discord is based off of and they do. Yeah, I muted. I muted our Discord. I only go in it when I'm looking for something or need something because it was triggering me. Yeah, it triggers me too. But like there's supposedly like a thing. Like I only get stuff for like, like Pokemon and like some of it I like, like I want, I'm waiting for. Like, it's a new month, there's so new requests, so there's a new spin to form, so I'm waiting for, like, somebody to post where a spin request is. Yeah. So it's, like, nice to get a thing for it, but sometimes it'll, like, like, sometimes I want notifications for Pokemon, like I did for, like, Lunatone. Like, that's how I got my first couple of Lunatones. Like, somebody posted, like, oh, there's one in Garden City, and I fucking flew there. Yeah, that's and, what I keep an eye out for if I'm hunting for something particular. Uh, but, like, it'll, like, give me, if I'm done hunting for it, I'll, like, there's supposed to be a command to take it off, but I feel like it doesn't. It's like I'm good with this Pokemon, and then like I still get notifications for it. Yeah, that Discord's a mess sometimes. Um, Samus began life as a young girl on the mining colony of K2L, and her parents, Rodney Aaron and Virginia Aaron. Fuck, I already fucked up the first sentence. <laughs> After a particularly difficult training session in which Samus failed to destroy the targets she had been asked to destroy because she was not focusing properly, properly. Okay, real quick for you. This is the one that made me go, okay, that's weird. 
Yeah, I can see. Why. And then if you look at like the back, like it's connected to her spine. Yeah, yeah. It's like. Yeah, I've seen that suit before. Her physiology now. Which is really weird. Yeah, like the other M1, uh, the, the Metroid Prime ones are definitely more... Uh, the, the Metroid Prime ones are more, a suit you are wearing. Right, they're definitely this, more bulky and like metal-like. Like this one is her. Yeah. It's weird. I fucking like it. Using her, uh, using her authority with the Freedom Federation... What the? The Freedom Federation. Freedom Federation. <laughs> Damn it. Sounds like something from Jack and Daxter. Yeah. Where the spare pirate, spare pirates, per pervert. I'm gonna have heartburn again. Ooh. There it is. After battling through numerous, numerous, Samus gains access to a rebuilt and what the fuck, Pulcher Tone. You can just say Torian. Torian. <laughs> Samus gains access to a rebuilt and Torian. Sometimes I like. To keep the words that are really big, because I hope that you have to pronounce them. Because you're a dick. <laughs> Her escape is hamster, uh, hamstered. 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 